shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. We are prayed. Amen. 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 I greet every one of you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us again today. Uh, I won't waste our time. Let's get into the word. We have quite a bit to cover today. Uh, still in that Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 is a bit meaty. Amen. It's a bit meaty. I mean, meat, we know meat. What is our meat? Meat is Christ. Uh, that's our meat. Uh, man shall not live by bread alone. That's one kind of meat. So there was meat versus meat. But by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God, not so. Uh, thank God, thank God Jesus was merciful. He did not say that man, sh- did not say that man should not live by bread at all. <laughs> He showed us mercy. <laughs> Amen. So, he showed us mercy. So, he doesn't say man should not live by bread at all. He says man should not live by bread alone. But by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. Because the, the words of God are also bread. For I am the bread of life. So it's bread versus bread. One is bread for the flesh. The other one is bread for the soul. Amen. One is bread for the flesh. The other one is bread for the soul. You will see that kind of thinking pattern. The way Jesus sometimes Jesus was, you know, Jesus Christ was also balanced. He, he's, he, he, as a spirit is is there, but in order to ask a Christ, Christ means Messiah, Savior. As a Christ, he's able to relate, Amen, and begin to shift a man's focus back to God, even while focusing also balancing life. So they came with to Jesus with a coin, or they came to him to ask him about taxes, not so. They said, who should we pay taxes to? This one, you are very spiritual. Spirit, spirit. Okay, should we just be paying taxes to God? They wanted to catch him. So he now says, whose face is on the coin? Is Caesar. Say, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And unto God. It means that Jesus acknowledged that he must give Caesar something. Who is Caesar? Your job. Who is Caesar? Your school. Not so. Is we are working in the system called Caesar. Amen. So Jesus acknowledged that he is good. You have to give some labor to Caesar. Otherwise, you won't eat. Amen. So Caesar refers to the system that has been set up on the earth. Amen. By which we have to do, we have to engage. Praise the name of the Lord. We have to engage for meat's sake. And Jesus acknowledged it, that there is a labor that is necessary for Caesar. Now, obviously, we know the problem. Everybody does all their labor for Caesar. <laughs> Most of the time. So Jesus was saying that, no, okay, let me balance it for you. Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but don't shortchange God. Don't what? Shortchange God. Also give God what belongs to him. Amen. That is a great mindset to have. It's a great mindset to have. Amen. So I check myself. That's why I, I've tried it before, walking seven days in a row. 
I have to tell them, please, I need to go. Only with just one day. <laughs> I need to go take a break. It does do. It, because you need to. If you check your life, if you are if your soul is becoming dry, you are giving Caesar too much. Is a balance. You are giving Caesar too much. Amen. We have to make sure that we have space to give unto God what belongs to God also. Amen. Uh, have I said something good? Amen. So uh, we are going to uh, engage in the book of Ephesians again today, verse chapter 3. Chapter 3 is very meaty. Amen. So you would, uh, you just will, will journey it together. Don't worry. God is there's a grace for understanding. Amen. Uh, but before I even go there, let's start with, let's see uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3, you begin to see again God's intent for his people. Jeremiah chapter 3 from verse 14 to 15. Who wants to be my reader today? I know last week it was Sister Stella, but Stella and King James, I don't know. It's like, you guys were not friends last week. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Dabi, can I, are you, are you ready to... I'm reading your Bible. Ah. It's all right. It's all right. Except we have, we can have a translator. <laughs> oh, praise God. <laughs> Fifteen and sixteen. I hope I greeted. Did I greet everybody? <laughs> Latena, well done. How are you? Hello. Hello. Good to Hello. see you. Good to see you too. And I saw uh, Mr. Timmy on his uh, on his office, home office. <laughs> yeah. Where does uh? Yeah. I'm Thank glad you, you so got much. back safely. Timmy was out with us yesterday in Edmonton. Yeah. He surprised me. Praise God. Okay, who was it? Who was going to read? Okay, I'll read. Lotte, yeah, go ahead and read. Tell me read the next one. Yeah. And I will give you shepherds um, according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that there will be that there will stay no more. The ark of the covenant of the Lord, it shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it need any more. Praise God. So are you saying I will give you pastors according to this God's intent? You know, the intent. God has an intention. God has an intention. What was the intent? I will give you shepherds. What? After pastors, after my own heart, my heart. So somebody may say, uh, why can't God just by himself, why can't God just by himself feed you with knowledge and understanding? This, eh? Why can't he just by himself feed you with knowledge and understanding? There's something about it. You know why? It's because God is a spirit and he knows that thing about witnessing. 
is going to be an issue. For example, now, when you do your own Bible study, when you do your own Bible study many times, and you are studying and gaining some understanding here and there, praise God. Um, sometimes, if you are honest, sometimes you doubt the understanding you got from your own personal Bible study. Even though it's Holy Ghost, too. But the problem is you'll be wondering, am I sure it's Holy Ghost? Or am I sure it's my own interpretation of it? That's the challenge. Am I sure it's the Holy Ghost? Or am I sure, or is it maybe my own interpretation of, of the thing, of the scripture? And that's the reason why God needs preachers. Amen? Because preachers how look like you. Flesh and blood like you. Who God will train through life examples to be able to minister the same thing that he may, he may have taught. He can teach you the same thing in your own personal Bible study. But it's most times, because of the issue called doubt, it will not sit, it will not settle until you've heard it from someone else as well. So, case in point example. Just let me start from moving low. Let's say a woman is trusting God for the foot of the womb. For some years. And the Lord has revealed it to her that she would, maybe by this same time in two years or next year, you will have a baby. Do you get me? But she will not, she will not still believe. Do you know why? Because the last seven years, <laughs> she, has been, <laughs> she has been trusting for the same baby and he has not come. I see the problem. So even though you, she got it in her heart, but when she doubts it, it can come to come to pass. Not so. The moment doubt enters, that's why the Bible says, for a double-minded man, let him not think he can receive anything of the Lord. And doubt means you are double-minded, that's all. You have a second mind. You are not sure. So, once you, once you now, you say, am I sure I'm here in Holy Ghost? Or maybe it's just my desire because I really want a baby. Now, for example, that same woman, one day, now on a Friday night, go to Lagos and Ibadan Expressway, Holy Ghost Congress. <laughs> you get me? I'm about to say there is somebody here. You've been trusting God for the fruit of the room for the past six years. The Lord said I should tell you that this same time next year you will carry your baby. All of a sudden, doubt has ended. Why? You see that? She has heard it. A confirmation of kind of what she was kind of inclination in her heart. Desire of her heart. But also maybe she had heard it before. But that thing, once you just hear it from flesh and blood like you, you say, ah, that is me. You see, you see the, you say, ah, especially when it's babies. The way, <laughs> the way redemption camp is loud. Some people say, amen. Some people say, ah, me. Yeah, yeah, so loud. <laughs> amen. And you see testimonies will come out as a result of it. But that's why God raised preachers, raised pastors. People who are relatable, who can establish, they are the lesser witness because it takes two witnesses, two or three witnesses to establish a matter. And once a matter is established, then no doubt, doubt is gone. So, amen. So once God can arise, you know, get me, he, will, he can speak to you, Holy Ghost, that's the main witness, he's the one who actually gets the job done. But many times he needs a, 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 someone who looks like you, with a mouth like you, who can speak into your life. To confirm what has been going on inside you already. Amen. But then God's, God's major intent is to infuse his knowledge and understanding in man. 
Amen. Not just beyond just giving babies and houses and all those things. It starts there. But God's major intent is to infuse his own knowledge and understanding in man. Okay, let's see another witness. So we saw that Jeremiah 3, 14, 14, 15. Let's see Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. King James, please. Anyone can read Dami if you are there or Stella or Lieutenant. Where is there first? Verse what? Verse uh, 6. Hosea 6, verse 6. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, uh-huh. and the knowledge of God more than bond offerings. I desired mercy. This is a, this is a very this is a, this is a deadly scripture. God, the, the Holy Ghost. I, I this is one before I before I I, I met Reverend K. I've been listening to Kenny Higgin you know, following the Spirit. The Holy Ghost led me to read one summer. I was reading the Gospels. I believe this was in 2010. In summer of 2010, I was reading the Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there, there are three different places. There are three different places where I saw that scripture. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Are, are you hearing me? In the gospel. And then Jesus in one place now said, Go and inquire and look into what that means. That thing, the whole summer, I was, I, was, I was not okay. Because I wanted to find out what he meant by that. So, you know how Bible will have some super scripts somewhere, you get me? References. So I now found one of the references to this Hosea chapter 6 verse 6. That was the day that transformed my life, I will not lie, in terms of seeking God's knowledge. Because I was, do, you know what was, what was, do you know what was blasting my head? Why would God say he desires mercy? <laughs> That's what was blasting my head. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Great God, very great God, excellent beauty, man, all this great, greatness beyond great. Why would he be saying such a statement? For I desire mercy and sacrifice. Because the Israelites thought he wanted sacrifices. So it means it means something. So when I, I encountered this blessing, I now knew that that mercy is desiring is that he's desiring his people to know him. Rather than bring ram and bull, know me. The only reason that he says you should bring Ram and Bull is because you didn't want to know him and he didn't want to just disconnect the relationship. So since <laughs> you don't want to know me, bring your Ram and bring your Bull. But I desire mercy more than what? Sacrifice. And the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. Are you seeing it's the same intent? The knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So that's why he says, I will raise you pastors after my own heart. So what is my heart? That you may know me. And then you will understand me. Because it's very simple. You cannot please me if you don't know me. Yes. Many folks want to please God, but they have no knowledge. So they will now start doing all manners of things. And God is just, God will just be, God will just be tired. <laughs> Because they have their heart, they want to please him, but they don't know how to. The, uh, the, the methodology of coming about it, they don't understand how to b- bring it about. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. So, are you seeing the God's intent? God's intent, knowledge, understanding. Now, there's another place where God compares something more than bond offerings and sacrifices. Who can, who can, who can, who can... Who can pick my mind in the spirit on that? 
There are two things that there's one place God said, I desire mercy more than sacrifices, then the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. This are not that kind of thing that God desires. Obedience. Thank you. That's it. Yes. For obedience is better than sacrifice. And the knowledge of God. I'm sorry, and to hacking than the fat of ram. If you check the whole scriptures, there are only two things God is seeking from you. You know him, then you obey him. That's all the labor. But you will see, it's very simple, but yeah, so complicated. Because one being, one bastard guy like that, <laughs> mesmerized us, scattered us. Pieces our soul, our minds, rearrange the whole thing against God. Praise God. Against God. Have you noticed why is it sometimes we feel it's hard to do Christ? It's actually not hard to do Christ. You know what makes Christ hard to do? It's because it seems like the other way of living, backbiting, malice, gossiping, Envy is profitable. That's what it appears like. Are you seeing? But Satan, Satan, purposefully, the guy is a, is a wise man, purposefully built us that way and made us make profit in it. So that nobody would think to live another life. So that when anybody, nobody likes poverty now. When you say, ah, people are prospering, we are envy and backbiting. And competition. <laughs> so if I now, if I, I, I'm dull, you know, if I now go and to do another thing, what happens? I'm dull in. I'm going to suffer in poverty. It's a lie, oh. It's a big lie. Am I suffering in poverty? It's a lie. But the process, that Christ process is difficult. It has its, its tenacity to it. Amen. It has its tenacity to it. But it has its profit also. Amen? And the profit of Christ is not sharp sharp. It's not 24 hour. No, Jehovah sharp sharp. Jehovah on time. Jehovah today. That's not Christ. That's milk. Amen? <laughs> you, know, you know, he has to relate with us now. In our ways. We, we, we are too used to sharp sharp. So he came as sharp sharp. And say, me too, I can do sharp sharp. God, you don't know God. God is competitive too. <laughs> he entered the game. He said, okay, is everybody, is everybody looking for sharp sharp? I can do sharp sharp too. But after he has finished doing sharp sharp one, two, he'll tell you, he will add a condition to it. Can you trust me more? Can you trust me more? The next one, maybe this is sharp sharp. Instead of 24 hours, you turn it to one week. Just, you get me? You need to push you a little bit. You need to push you a little bit. You need to win your trust. And let you know that, hear me, hear me. It's not like though. It's not like that though. No, be so. <laughs> That's not how I relate. Praise God. First of all, understand something. God is an eternal God. God is an, with the everlasting arms. This is chapter 33. Um, the way God, how you will know somebody who, who is aged, who has eternity, the way he talks. I, I share you say this. Just, just, just the language. Let's see one of the, how he talks, his language. You know somebody who, who doesn't think in five-year plan. He has already, in fact, God is already dealing in the new world. Let's see how, let's see how he taught. Isaiah 66. Just his language. Isaiah 
Isaiah 66, verse 1. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. Thus says the Lord, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, Where is the house that ye built unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things that, For all those things had my hand made, And all those things have been, have been Said the Lord. But so, to this man will I look, Even to him that is poor, And of um, contrite spirit. So man is the future. A particular kind of man so but look at are we not living on earth right now is there not still a heaven what did God call it have been it means God has already moved beyond heaven and earth it's us that is still managing it <laughs> we are the ones still managing the thing he has already moved on they have been since Isaiah they have been that's the God you're dealing with eternal God everlasting God he gets me. So us, but us tomorrow, tomorrow, it did not come tomorrow. Hey, life has scattered. Life has ended. It has not ended. It's a lie. <laughs> You're gonna be all right. You're gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So are you seeing? Are you seeing what the enemy did to us? Death made us short-sighted. Death made us short-sighted. We only see today, tomorrow. If it doesn't come today, we are not okay. Whereas God has already seen things that have not yet passed away. That will pass away in 1,000 years, 2,000 years. To him, he has already passed. That's the God we are dealing with. Amen. So, do you know how you know you are getting closer to God? Your soul also will begin to stretch like that. Will begin to think like that. Praise God. You see, and that, that's, a, that's a dealing in this ministry. You know, in this ministry, it appears as though we start, two or three are gathered, not so. <laughs> when two or three are gathered, there, there he is also. Amen. That's how it is. That's how it should be. Because God is part of the training of the ministry is over this time. To, to uh, awaken our souls to stretch. Awaken our souls to have greater tensile capacity. Than just a flesh. Praise God. Greater tensile capacity than just what? Than just a flesh. Uh, there's some things I'm going to say. I don't know. I hope it's not going to be scary. But I'm just going to say a few, just a few things. Amen. To help us to understand the scope. It's actually a blessed scope. Amen. Now, some people, uh, it happened to me. I mean, I've, I've gone through those processes of being born again. Being just in the faith. Every time, almost every month, I'm giving testimony. He has done for me. He has done for me. <laughs> and then, I'll now, I used to now begin to wonder. Some of the ministers in the church are so. They look like they are not giving testimony. Ah, uh, are they still in the Lord? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, now I'll now think maybe I need me to be the one encouraging their faith. They don't have faith enough to be receiving things from the God. Not knowing I was just a baby, toddler, that they are giving sweets just to keep me in church. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just to keep me in church. But after a while, when they now began with dealings, by the time they now began with dealings, what happened? They will begin to stretch you a little bit further. They begin to stretch you a little bit more. So before you know it, that my every month testimony turned to twice a year. You get it? <laughs> 
so, and the thing was that because it's after a while, I was not got angry with God. I saw him giving testimony. I said, God, ah, the testimony. <laughs> 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 so, so after a while, I said, you know, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll pack up the testimony and give it one time in the year. So I'm not really counting. Well, as I said, as I said, don't worry. You know, this is my, this is our mind, my mind. <laughs> I was playing tricks. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Not only God was dealing with me, expanding my capacity to, to be able to stretch, understand processes, process. Why? It means that a soul, a soul who has greater capacity like that is closer to God. Have I thought something? <laughs> a soul who has what? Greater capacity like that is what? Is closer to God. Why? Because God is like that. Not so. Because God is like that. Amen? Praise God. Are we together in the house? Amen? So, what is God like? God is enduring. Let's see that Deuteronomy 33. Amen. Deuteronomy 33. You see, everything about God is capacity to capacity, stretch to stretch. Let's see. Deuteronomy 33. Oh, glory. Verse 27. Pastor James, did you say 23 or 33? 33. 33, verse 27. Deuteronomy 23, verse 20, 33, 33 verse 27. Yeah. Yes. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting hands, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, destroy them. So the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Those two are God, though. God is both everlasting and eternal. Amen. Underneath are the everlasting arms. And even underneath that is what I will call life. Because there's life, there's everlasting life, and then there's what? And there's eternal life. So God is from stretch to stretch. Amen. God is from what? From stretch to stretch. Let me show you life, not an everlasting life, just life. Let's see 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Praise God. I believe there is grace to understand this. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Where is that again? It's, I think it's, yeah. Chapter 13. Uh, for, I, don't, I don't want to read it all. I want to read a uh, verse... Four. Ah, I won't, be, I won't explain it all. Well, let's read from verse 4 to 13. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity endureth not. Charity involveth itself. Is not up. Does not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh not. Thinketh no evil. We just said not in iniquity, but we just said in this truth. We said, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Where is it never fit? Where are there the prophecies? 
based on whether there be tongue, they shall there be knowledge, they shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Verse, verse eleven. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I even also as I am known. Verse thirteen. And now abided faith, hope, and charity. This day, but the greatest of this is charity. This charity, wonderful. Thank you for that reading. Now, you see, charity. See how the where I began from four is because I was going to show you the stretch of charity. Charity suffereth long, is kind. Look at this one, verse 7, beareth all things. Are you saying stretch? Beareth all things, endureth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. Now, people think charity is eternal life, it's not. People think charity is everlasting life, it's not. Charity is the end of Christ, of life. Charity is the end of the Christ package. Before you break, come into everlasting life. How do I know? He began to explain. Now, I'll just try and explain the best I can. He says, now and then, from verse 12. For now, we see through a glass, darkly, but then, face to face. So there's a now, there's a then. Now, then, like present, to come, future. Now, then. So now we see through a glass, darkly, but then, face to face. Now, I know in part. But then I will know. Uh, uh, then shall I know, even as I am known. And now, what is in the now? And now abideth. What? Faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is what? Is charity. So, what we teach, what you will come to understand is that faith, hope, and charity is the Christ curriculum. When you're talking about Christ, you're talking about faith, hope, charity is the pinnacle of Christ. That faith there is faith of the Son of God. Amen. Faith, hope, charity is the pinnacle of Christ. And charity is the end of the now. Why? Because after now you go into then. And what happens in then? You see face to face. Who are you seeing face to face? The Father. Everlasting life. The everlasting Father. I hope I've explained that as best as I can. Now, then. So charity is the peak of the mountain called now. So for I lay in Zion for a foundation, a what? A stone. What is the stone there? Faith. Then a tried stone. What's that one? Hope. And then a precious cornerstone. What's that one? Charity. And then the last one, a sure foundation. What's that one? Everlasting life. Because everlasting life carries eternal life. Amen. Amen. I'll come back down now. So, what am I saying is that the whole concept of growth in God, Christ and God, is a concept of turning, making your soul more elastic. 
so he can carry more. They need your soul to be more stretched. They will stretch it, make it so it think I have arms, have enough tensile strength to carry God because that's the end of what they want you to carry. Amen? And that means carry eternal weight. Uh-huh. To carry eternal weight, you must be weighty. So Christ is the preparation of weight to carry eternal weight. I was teaching yesterday, a weight versus weight. Many uh, weight. Satan gave us weights. <laughs> Satan made some people weighty. When, when anything has a weight, means something that weighs on your mind. Do you get me? So many a times, you will go through life weighed down by life issues. The concerns of this world. I remember Jesus, the parable of the sower. All those things are weights. Yes. Amen. Some received the word with joy until weight came. Hey, look by me. When weight came, it's not Jesus' way too. When this word brought weight, they dropped the word. What does that tell you? The word has weight too. Meaning the word has demand. Anything that has weight means it has demand. So I was explaining yesterday, for example, let's say the weight that the weight the weight from this world is called vanity. Let's say they sold you a vanity project that you need to buy a brand new car. You know those ones that are like 30k, 40, 50, brand new. Do you get me? Now that is just a simple thought. I mean, it's a good thought. But no, if you buy that weight, cover that weight, what will happen is that you now have to start calculating. You become more tense at work. You will now start considering maybe getting a second job. Are you seeing all the additional weights that come as a result of that one weight? Uh-huh. That's the problem. Plus insurance. Plus insurance. And sometimes you would have calculated it, you now calculate wrong. When you now go to the dealer, they now tell you how much you're paying a, a month. You put your head on your head. But because the vanity, the vanity has already sold you out. You be you you now start making another. Okay, I'll get the second job. Okay, I'll do this. Okay, I'll maybe I'll stop sending money. <laughs> My parents, you start making recalculations that you ought not to be making. Why? Because weight has been given to you. Praise God. So when Christ comes, Christ comes to make us weighty as against the enemy. It's another kind of demand. That's why when Christ is coming to you, he's not just coming for play. He also has instructions and it will now begin to instruct you so like sometimes you may be in this place amen and you already decided you want to buy abc but something in you is telling you is this not too much that's what christ does and listen <laughs> that's christ that's the ready rubber meets the road the christ you have been learning has formed a weight inside you and is now beginning to instruct you, no, no, I think this is too much. Relax. Pause it. Do you get me? The Christ will tell you, no, actually, you don't really need it. You went there feeling you needed it. You don't really need it. You know, as if, it happens to me all the time. Many times, a thought will just come to me, ah, I need this thing, I need to do it right now. Then maybe I'll now forget, maybe I'll now have to take care of the kids, I'll have to go and do something else. And I will forget, and I'll say, ah, what did I want to do? The thing was so important, I wanted to do it, but I've forgotten. I'll now start searching my brain. 
I've learned. I leave the thing. If the thing, if I can forget you, I don't need you. <laughs> it's simple. What is need? The thing is pinch point. The thing is pinning you. If you don't get it, the thing, the pinching will be there. So if it's not pinching you, you get me? If I, I, I thought I, I, sometimes I want to put, I was already finished purchasing it, but something just distracts me. Amen. Something just distracts me. I'll go and do some other things. Then I'll not be wondering, what was that thing I wanted to even buy again? What was the point? It's a good thing. I now realize that some of those things you don't you, you don't need them. Even though at the hour is impressed on you, you feel like the weight is there. You need you feel like you have to get them right now. But if you give yourself, go away from me for a minute and come back, you find out you don't need it. Praise the name of the Lord. So now let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. We'll now begin to see weights. That's why anything that's waiting the spirit is called riches. Anything that can occupy weight in a man's soul is called riches. Uh, that's the entrance we're going to see into Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. Um, glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, am I being understood so far? Amen. Are we being blessed? I hope we are not scared though. The weight of Christ, that stretch, I'm calling that stretch is called blessing. It's called riches. It means like, you know when, you know when they are building a house, when they don't want to pack money into the house. But because the money is too much, they have to expand the house. They have to stretch it. That's how, that's how Christ deals with us. Spiritual blessings. He has to stretch our soul to have more capacity to, to house more of himself. Amen. God grant us entrance today in the name of Jesus. So, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Um, let me read it so I can explain it as I go. Ephesians chapter 3, I'll start from verse 7. You know, uh, two weeks ago, we really broke into Ephesians chapter 2. We saw the purpose of our life, the purpose of a Christian life, which was to become a building, remember? Recall, let's, I can just uh, recap that one, verse 20 of chapter 2. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, uh, Jesus Christ himself, being the what? The chief corner stone. In whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. So in the Lord, verse 22, chapter verse 22. In whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, topic for another day. Those two buildings is knowledge and obedience. Yes. Temple is where priests hang out, right? Not so. Priests. What, are, what should the priest's lips keep? Knowledge. It's knowledge that makes you a temple. And it's obedience that makes God stay permanently. Praise God. But that's the expansion for another day. For future time. Amen. So, are we seeing... so? That was, the, that was what we visited two weeks ago. What was it again? Your purpose. To build. Build. And funny enough, I didn't connect it until afterwards. After that Sunday, I listened to New and Living Way. Um, uh, what was uh, the Sunday school. Sunday school? And what they've been taking for the past 10 weeks is building the house of God. 
building, stones, becoming stones. How you use each, each block, each meeting. They're, they're pretty much saying every message is a stone. So if you miss a message, you miss a meeting, you miss the stone. <laughs> for building. That's, that was a lot of their emphasis over that 10-week period. And not also, I, I was now listening, and now I said, wow, okay, so the, the Spirit is one. So I've now been listening to some of those, this series. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and then last week, we now entered into Ephesians chapter 3, seeing that purpose of Christ, that mystery of Christ, how that was given to Paul, and is now disseminated to us. Amen. So are we ready to move on now? Are we ready to move on? So I'll read from verse 7. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable, unsearchable riches of Christ. Yes. The unsearchable riches of Christ. So Christ is a riches in the spirit. Amen. Amen. True riches. Riches does mean what you use, what you spend for living. Riches mean what you spend, what you consume for living, for life. Now, or what occupies your thought process for living. So some people, their riches is their vanity. Praise God. Because the vanity gives them some kind of esteem for life. Some kind of self-worth. I am something. The vanity gives the soul some kind of dressing. That I am, I am a, I'm class. You see, that, that all of those class things were designed for life's sake. For life's sake. Wrong life, oh. For life's sake, having a pe- prestige that I am something. And then the person who is under your class, his life is to desire to be like you in your class. That's how Satan designed this world. So for example, let me now, let me now break it down. For example, if I am maybe one of the highest, highest class of people, you know, maybe if you use Lagos, Lekki, I live in Lekki, Banana Island. I'm in another class of, of life. Whenever and I'm driving a Homer Jeep, whenever I by mistake go to maybe Surreli, Aguda, and somebody sees me and I begin to say, talk about how Banana Island is, that person can now take up a vision of life from that and say, when I grow up, I will also live in what? In Banana Island. I'll just minister to that soul. Meaning I'll just make that soul rich. Why? Because the soul has what he can be using to live until he attains Banana Island and live outside God. So thus the soul will not have time for God because he is racing based on the riches he has to attain Banana Island, a class. Oh, glory to God. This is, you know, for Christ, in Christ's dimension, you have to labor. I hope you are laboring with me. You have to labor to understand, to break into, this is me, to entering into some labor today. Amen. So, are you saying, so in life, you will have ambitions. Are you saying where our ambitions are coming from? Ambitions that drive our living. 
And if the ambition is too much, you will find yourself not having time for God. That's what I'm saying. I had a friend of mine who reached to very close in Edmonton. He's when he first came to Canada, he's the auntie that I came that brought him here and all that was not fitting him well. So he had to move in, move in with me for a bit, do some, you know, dirty jobs kind of thing, right? Uh, going to school. That thing made him vow. <laughs> he vowed. That he was going to work so hard, he's going to get the guy, going to do things. Do you get me? That he will never suffer. So, me and the brother, we used to go to church now, church, church, all of that. We wouldn't be sharing some little light with the guy. Amen. But this vanity was to, and I now, that's the day I now realized that vanity project, no, they finish. This boy has more than 20 professional designations. Serious. I say, is three not okay? How Because, <laughs> because he has vowed. So every time, what's happening? He's studying. Every time, come for a meeting. I have an exam next week. I have an exam next month. Is it only you doing exam? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you the only one doing exam in the whole world. I have an exam next month. I have an exam in two months. I have, there's a big exam. So when it, there's a big exam in three months I have to be studying for. Just like that. Then before you know it, the exam that I did two years ago, he now has to service that one because the destinations, they have to be maintained every two or three years. <laughs> He doesn't. You don't need a prophet to tell you that that brother was so straight. No, he don't need spirit on the same bed. Amen. Now very soon you will not be able to find him again in light. And lo and behold, that's what happened. Because vanity knows how to tax you. That's it. Vanity knows how to tax you and keep taxing you if you give all your space to it. He will know how to tax you. Meaning tax are weights. He will keep weighing you. Keep putting more weights on you. Additional weights on you. Plus another weight again. Praise the name of the Lord. Because have you ever found that there's always a standard to attain to? You'll be wondering, you know when people like us will be like, ah, if only God can just make me a millionaire. Ah, I will serve him with all my might. It's a lie. If only God, if I already know, I've already calculated what I'll do with the million. I've not seen one single millionaire on life that is satisfied. Not one. I say not even one. That is satisfied with just being a millionaire. How many of us know Hush Puppy? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the story. Mm-hmm. That was the story. Hush Puppy, what happened was that they grew up in poverty. And then his sister was sick and they didn't have money for medication. So the sister died. 
and then he swore wrong swear. <laughs> and the spirit was having talking to him. He swore that he would never be poor. No, and that's where you know when someone swear like that, it means that he would do anything lawful and unlawful to get to to get money. And that's exactly what he did. Okay, last class, you have money. You are a four one nine, whatever. Well, hide yourself. No, you Hide yourself and go and help those people that are poor too. He moved to Dubai. If he was in Nigeria, they would not have caught him. Are you not hear the story that there was one police commissioner or someone that everybody thought was not corrupt? A very clean man. Yeah. It's because yeah. much puppy was settling him properly. He didn't need to be corrupt for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why everybody the in breaking news. It was as though this guy is the person, the least police officer you would think is corrupt, the way he behaves. And the guy was settled. Somebody was already settled him. He has one customer, one client, and the client was good enough. So he was now doing as though he was a holy guy. No corruption is a lie. <laughs> oh, oh my god. So if that guy, if he was smart, he would have stayed in Nigeria, help people. So it was a wrong spirit that was disturbing him. Now that spirit was what making him to pump out the vanity. Bam, bam, blow it. The same spirit that caused him to make that that oath is the same spirit that was pumping out the idol that was that had been leading him into all the the free. The stealing he has been stealing. That same idol was the one causing him to pump out vanity. Do you know how many people's children he would have scattered their head? Imagine, imagine maybe your dad. Imagine some young boys in their 15 teenagers. They already have phone and Instagram. Not so. Their dad is telling them, Uchina, be serious with school. You know you have to work hard. When after you work hard, then you will now begin, you will now make it. Him is looking at his phone, he's looking at Hush Profit every day. New customized. The boy does not look like he's working hard. Would he be listening to his father? <laughs> That's all he's gone. The father will be talking, giving instruction, wise counsel. The guy is gone. He's seen things. He said, just finish your talk, man. That's how they do it now. There's nobody makes money by working hard. This is the way it's done now. There's ways. Vanity is a bastard like that. He's a virus. He knows how to spread his wings and keep you perpetually not seeking God. In fact, vanity, sometimes vanity can become holy for people who are still contemplating half and half. Vanity will tell you, ah, no, don't worry. In fact, in fact no, 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 you don't need to just, I'm, I'm not saying that you should not serve God. I'm just saying, why don't you wait till you've made it before you serve God? It's still vanity yeah. talking. <laughs> you hear me? But I'm not saying you should not serve God, though. Why don't you wait before you serve God properly? Wait till everything is settled. You get me? All your life is settled first. Then you can ask, is it a lie? When all your life is settled, by then this, you are already forgotten God. How do I know? Evil spirits, they also lead. Should I prove it to you? They also lead. Let's see, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. Somebody help me read. Ah, vanity is a bastard. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. Right? Yes. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Ah, no, no, no. Ah, that one is deep. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. <laughs> no, we're talking about John. You're talking about the realm of everlasting life. No, we're not there yet. Yeah. That's hard right? Sorry. Yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> How did we get here? Okay. Yeah, about that. That's okay. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. We know that you were Gentiles carried away onto this dump. Dumb idols, even as you were. Even, are you seeing it? Even as what? You, you were led. Are you seeing it? Dumb idols, evil spirits, they lead. Ephesians chapter 2 confirms that. When in time past you walked according to the course of this world, why were you walking? You were not walking by yourself. Somebody was talking to you, <laughs> leading you in the way that you should go. <laughs> Darkness talking to your head, leading the, that, like Hush Puppy, perfect example. They were talking to him and they led him to Dubai. Yes. He was led. They led him to Dubai and I go, okay, I've caught you. God now led him from Dubai to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know God is also there too. Go, is it, you think what? Go, we catch you. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So vanity leads us. It get where they go. It's not just, it's, uh, and you need to understand, it's not just about the today vanity that you're going to answer. No. After I lead you today and you answer the one today, you will bring another one. They always have another one that's coming. You get where they go. And where they go is away from God. Where they go is not close to God. Praise God. Amen. So it will take another kind of riches to draw you back to God. Christ. To begin to pull you back to God. God wants to make us rich in Christ. Spirit in Christ. This is the evidence of a soul who is rich in Christ. When you are rich in Christ... When the other riches come, vanity riches come, in the sense of the, those evil spirits will suggest something to you. Uh, the Bible says the enemy will come in one way. How many ways would he flee? In seven ways. Let me make it very practical. This is how you know you are becoming rich. You know, in, in, in darkness, there are stages. There's demons. Then there's principality and powers. Then there's rulers of the darkness of this world. Then there's spiritual wickedness in high places. Then after that is now the devil and Satan. They get hierarchy. They are also aligned. <laughs> they have alignment there. <laughs> Amen. 
Praise God. I'll just just say my, my story. So I did not know. Everybody, you know, most Christians don't believe it's just demons we are fighting. Demon one is simple. In fact, you can even fight demons like flesh and blood. <laughs> but the one that are higher, they say you for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Rulers of principalities and powers. Rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, hear my gist. So, right around 2011, 2010, I used to, is, is, I used to fight with demons. Do you get me? Like, pray, when I used to, some people, I used to pray for people, demon will leave, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. This one, there was one day now, because I used to also be a very nice person. I'm still a very nice person, but in holiness, in righteousness, we says, Amen. So, when anybody that just comes, maybe from anywhere, they said they are looking for a place to stay, because then I was a young boy, I bought a house. I, I think I've shared the testimony how God led me to buy a house. I bought a house in 2012. So, I used to house anybody that just comes new to town. So, this one, I now housed, housed one boy that just drove from Ontario. He came, he came to the church, but he was a select guy. Select guys, some, some, because some of those are doctrines, demons have infested them. So he was then in my basement. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> but this was the peak of the trouble. I woke up one morning and a demon was seated on my chest, on my neck. Hey. <laughs> In this Canada. In this Canada. <laughs> this village. The village. You <laughs> on your neck. On my neck. I, on my t- I could not get up. I physically could not get Because what woke me up was there was smoke in the house. The boy was cooking downstairs. We left the house. And the pan, pan was on the fire. And it was smoking. So the demon wanted me to, in fear, stay there. And then burn. Let the team burn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you understand, be careful when you come and to your house, it's Trisha. <laughs> so, yeah, the thing was took. Uh, so, I first I was first afraid because you know, we come to that. <laughs> so, when it, I delayed a few seconds. Like, were you seeing it physically? Huh? And nothing, you can feel the pressure. You can, it, yeah, you, you can, can feel it. It happens to me too. You, yeah, can, feel you can feel something is on you. You won't be able to talk. You won't you be able to yeah, exactly. You're struggling. You just, it just pulls you there. Yeah, it just puts you there. You just be frozen there. And if so, I, I didn't. So for some seconds, I couldn't say. I didn't know what to do. What to say? Then after I went, I said, in the name of Jesus. And then once you rest, more, he now left. They now got up and now ran downstairs and turned off the fire. Mm, quick notice. Yeah. Ah. The verse will come, come and be going very soon. I say, where are you moving? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where are you moving? Because I knew. Because, we, I mean, he had been there for a few months. And from our conversation, I could tell something is wrong. Yeah. I could tell something is wrong. Wrong doctrine sometimes does that. Invites demons. Praise God. Now, um, after that encounter, when I now learned Hagen even more, if I was almost I was looking for the demon to come back because I felt I not do justice. 
why did I even delay a few seconds? Why was the fear there? I was, I was like, can you come? So I can really deal with you. Now, and this time we now know that we are not playing. <laughs> and since then, I don't see any demon. And so I now began to wonder. I was now curious because then I now know that there was other spirits dealing with. So there was one year we are now doing convention. All kinds of things were happening in my life. <laughs> All kinds of things. Even the morning of the convention, it, our basement just started flooding. The, this thing just broke up. I was like, what is going on? All manners of things from August to last September. So I knew something was wrong, but I knew it was not, I knew, I knew demonic operation. I knew this one was not demonic operation. Until that last day of that convention, Reverend now started teaching from Luke chapter 1. He was talking about God will deliver us from all our enemies and them that hate us. He was talking about hateful beds. And I said, hey, so there's more than demon. They are spiritual wickedness. They are rulers of the darkness. They are principalities. <laughs> I said, this is my trouble. As he was saying, it was hitting home. Because I said, I knew that was my problem. That I graduated from demon fights. Me, me, I was looking for demon fight. Not knowing something worse was fighting me. Yes. Not knowing that something worse than demon was wrestling with me. So... After that, that was just that was the salvation. Because after you know those ones in the realm of those ones, once you know, do you get me? Once you know, you began to defeat them in the realm of those higher spirits. Can I prove this one for you? Who can help me find that scripture? Pulling down strongholds and imaginations and those things that exalted themselves against what? The knowledge of God. Somebody help me find that. In Corinthians. It's in Corinthians, yes, thank you. Second Corinthians. Thank you. 10, four. Uh, ten, chapter ten. Ten verse four. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Right, I'll start from verse three. For we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty true God is is life oh, that will pull these things down. Mighty true God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And every high thing, those are spiritual wickedness in high places. Every high thing that exalted them itself against what? Against the what? The, so what is the solution to deal with them? What are the, what is the enemy? The knowledge. So what can kill them? The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. <laughs> yes. So after that day, that convention, I say, I, I don't see you now. I've seen you guys. That was the beginning of my solution. Because in that day, I read that meeting, Reverend was describing how he and mommy went to Niger Republic to go and minister. And then there was a sandstorm in that meet, in that weekend that they had to come and minister. They only was going, this is not ordinary, so it means the meeting will not be, people will not be able to gather as well. Then that one evening, <laughs> say two beds, two beds that look like beds, in the tree, fly down to come and meet them. You <laughs> know, so that they are not beds. They have, they have bodies like a human being. Like bone bone structure bodies. And they say, What well, people should live here. This is our place. <laughs> they are the rulers of that, that desert. They rule that place. They are the ones that rule that area. You will come and spoil show. And especially them that came to bring knowledge. If you come with miracle, they won't even disturb you. Because miracle does not disturb them. It's knowledge that disturbs them. Yeah. Miracles disturb demons. Do you know why? 
When people, when a soul who has a demon sees God doing miracle, he will repent. He will know he has a problem, and he will be able to now have solution for the demon. But when you are dealing with knowledge beings, spiritual weakness in high places, do whatever this thing wants to do. They be looking at you. They be coming for you. Oh, that's what. See, everybody say that's what. Uh, Satan is under my feet. Macham, macham. Satan will be singing the song with you. People will be singing it together. Because where is he? Is he inside here? Is he inside here? Your thoughts. He has sold you his life that you are using to live. After you finish matching him, you go and show malice. He has lived his life. So he will be joining you and be dancing. As long as you feel you are matching me, no problem, be matching me. But as long as you are living my life, that's what he's concerned about. So when you are coming to high, higher spirit, you are dealing with knowledge. It's knowledge that judges high spirits. And do you know what kills, what, what does it, what massacres them? What slays them? Oh my God. What finishes them up? You want to finish spirits up? You want to finish them? Obi. Yes. Aha. Come on. Do you know why? You can have knowledge and not be obeying God. Last, last, they will not be moved. Do you know why? If you are not obeying God, last, last, who will you come back and obey? Um, <laughs> Is that now? Yeah. So they will be okay. They are, you are beating them up. They are not happy because they know you have the power to disobey them. It's knowledge. Knowledge of God gives you the power. They call it the power of God. Not so. The gospel of Christ. Righteousness revealed. It is the power of God unto salvation. His power to disobey spirits. That's what Christ is. Let me show it to you. Let's see Colossians chapter 2. Let's see Colossians chapter 2. I think it's verse 10. Colossians 2 verse 10. Uh-huh. Right? Go ahead. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Who is the head of all principality and power? Christ, though. Yes. Both good and bad. Do you know? Oh, my God. He's the head, meaning they can't touch him. He's power over them. When you learn Christ, you have power over them. You are their head also. Where did they bring his enemies under? Under what? His feet. So what is he? He's their head. Am I communicating? When I mean head, it doesn't mean that he likes them and he's, you know how he's the head of the church. That's a different kind of arrangement. Head means here he has power over them. If you learn Christ, you will subdue them also. Head of all principality. It means the warfare of learning Christ is the warfare of bringing down spirits. You have every, in Christ, you have every energy with the knowledge of Christ. I mean, with the understand knowledge and understanding of Christ, you have every energy to beat down spirits. And that's why they couldn't just arrest Christ when those evil spirits came with Judas. First, it was only an evil spirit that entered Judas to begin with. He now went to go and make league with other evil spirits. <laughs> and all of them came together. 
So I rest it. Can we see the example? Let's see what happened there. Let's read that. Let's do that testament. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is awesome. You receive power. You see somebody, is he allowed them? Not that they could take him. Uh, John chapter 18. Where am I going to start from? Where, where am I looking for? Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. This is when they, they will start from when they came, the soldiers came. I think it's uh, verse 4. Yeah, verse 4. Yes. I'll be pausing you as you go. We got to, I'll be showing it. Go ahead, from verse 4. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Who seek ye? Now, go to verse 3. Start from verse 3. Let's see who came to him. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the from the chief priests mm-hmm. and Pharisees, mm-hmm. comment thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Uh-huh. Verse 4. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Who seek So how did Jesus know? See, see that word? Mm. Knowing all things. Knowing. Yes, Where did he learn it? From the volume of the books. He knew yes, the process of what will happen. Mm. His knowledge is is what makes you ahead. He knew it. So if you know that they are coming for you in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had to submit. He, he could have escaped now. Just move to another garden. Disappear <laughs> <laughs> to another. I don't. I don't like some of us. God will not give us that kind of commandment. With all that knowledge, we'll, we'll be too skillful. By the time, if they are coming tonight, I'll be, if I'll be teaching, I'll, I'll say, I'll just tell you guys, everyone, we are going to have a meeting, physical meeting in Calgary, for this meet to this meeting, not knowing that I want to, I want to run away from that meeting. On <laughs> the I say, I'm coming, that this one is a, God wants to bless us. <laughs> it's a lie. I want to escape from that like, meeting, Amen. <laughs> But Jesus doing all things. That's, this happened after that warfare of not my will, but your will. He knows what is coming. And with Christ's knowledge, you will know how to escape it. When you come into access of all things, charity, you will know. You will know. What is, you will see Satan coming from afar off. Sides. You know how to escape it. But Jesus did. It means he has already agreed. He already knew what was coming. If he wanted to escape, he would have escaped in the prayer, the time of prayer. Not my will, but your will. That's where he would have escaped. So he has already agreed. Then let's read on. Let's see no one now play that. Verse 5. They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Jesus also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Verse 6. As soon as... As soon then as he said, as he had said unto them, I am he, hmm. they went backward and fell to, and the, fell ground. to the ground. Another escape route. Hmm. See, power. That was the name of Jesus now in operation. Oh boy, bow first. You are talking to your maker. First bow. Are we the one to decide if I want to go with you? Oh, sir, Jesus, uh, let us know. He could have left. I used, he had too many opportunities to leave. Who think? Oh, he just here. They just gathered him. They just bound him. I started dragging him. 
You don't know yeah. Who are you touching? Are you mad? <laughs> he was allowing them. That's the only thing that's more painful. <laughs> you have power to just just give just give them one slap. You can just one slap. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Jesus gave one of them just one slap. Everybody will learn their lesson that day. Uh, for them. Holy Ghost slap. <laughs> Everybody will be humble. All the gods will be humble. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. He allowed them. Read on. So Peter now wanted to do sword. Um, so they were okay. Verse 7. Then asked he them again, Whom seek you? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 8. Jesus answered, I told you that I'm he. If if therefore ye seek me, let this go, let this go be away. Verse 9. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them which thou givest me, have, have I lost none. Verse 10. Then Simon, then Simon Peter, having a sword, a sword drew it, and smote the high priest servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchios. Mm-hmm. Verse 11. Okay. Verse 11. Then Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheet. The the cup which my father had given me, shall, shall I not drink it? Shall I not drink it? Uh, hmm. Verse 12. Then, then, then the and the and, and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Okay, so first then, <laughs> I always I always say in my mind that if you, if this if this soldiers were Yoruba men <laughs> after they are falling, <laughs> you will see them again. Pharisaic men. Mm. Imagine power. You came, they, they fell down. I'll first leave the scene and say, please, uh, later I'll come back and say, sir, please don't be angry. I did not know. You see, my head is not correct. <laughs> Just a <laughs> mess. Even they still bound him. After they, <laughs> they cut up, they say, Oopsie, they say, Jesus or Nazareth. He then said, okay, let this eat it. I for disciples. Now, that is not ordinary. Most times in those days, when you want to arrest somebody, arrest all the bands that are with him. Um. So it was power. Authority spoke. If you seek me, leave, let them go. They, res- they responded to the authority of his mouth. Um. So all the things that played that Jesus just allowed it. That's just it. Jesus just allowed it all for our sake. Nobody forced him. <laughs> Nobody. In fact, the Roman sisters they were begging, finding a way to let him go. Jesus in the south would be like, man, you don't be talking like this. I know you guys. I, that, that's why That's why Jesus, my father made sure the Pharisees are involved. Because if you leave it to the Romans, they will let me go. <laughs> God knows what it will take. The Romans don't have the capacity to crucify Jesus on their own. They don't. It would take Pharisees. Why do you think the Antichrist came out from us? To show that they were not all of us. 
it will take a man who has known God, who has been versed in scripture, to be able to hurt the church. That beast, that antichrist, is going to come out of church. Yes. They will know us well <laughs> to be able to hurt us. The world can't hurt you. With all their gra-gra, rod of iron, sword. They don't understand all those things. And this, we are not talking, is a spirit was talking to flesh. So when Caesar, or whoever his name was, was talking to Jesus, his spirit will know that, be careful with this man. You know when you are talking to somebody serious now, come on, you know. Spirit, spirit will connect, spirit will rub and say, the girls are afraid. The Romans were afraid. The guy was like, ah, please, oh, this guy not doing anything, finding excuses to try and let Jesus go. Because he, he doesn't want to go and put himself in wild up on the behalf of the Jews. Unbelievers don't have power against us. That's why the end time, the Antichrist, the one who will rise up, will be a man of sin who came out from us, as John says, to show that they were not all of us. The most, the most tortured haters of the church are those who used to go to church before. Yes. Very true. Those who have been immersed in it. They are the ones who can know where the bullets, where the bullets will hurt the most. Argue. Huh? So they can argue. They, yes, they can argue. They have theology. They have a Bible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, praise Very God. God. But Revelation light. Christ is still the solution. Christ will give you knowledge above every of all things. Is a knowledge of all things. All things. Let's let's follow that thought more. Let's see John. Let's now see John chapter one. John chapter 1. John 1 verse what? Just read from verse 1 to 3 or 4. I believe everyone is still being blessed. Amen. Go ahead. Spirit, uh, there's music somewhere which is distracting. There's music playing somewhere. I don't know what. Okay. Okay, I think it was just okay. Okay. All right. Go ahead. John verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So how many things were made by Him? All things. So what did He say Jesus knew? Jesus knew it all things. All things. How, How did He know all things? By the Word, who He was, that made all things. So what's the secret to accessing all things? The maker of all things, the word of God. That's why Jesus is wisdom when they will tell you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All things, all other things will follow you. The law of all things is the word. When you can access the word with knowledge and understanding, you are accessing keys of all things. Including the keys of hell and death. <laughs> Meaning, those keys means you know how to overcome hell and death. So, knowledge is keys. Understanding is keys. Amen. Then you now know why they call it the unsearchable riches of Christ. It's keys. Keys to all things. Are you not rich? 
Are you saying riches? When you have keys to all things. Am I communicating? When you begin to have keys to all things. Now, people will call all things riches, but God calls the keys riches. Yes. And no man can have all things without keys. A man can have some things, but not all things. Now, let's see Hebrews chapter 1. I I want to paint this thing a little bit further. We have 15 minutes left. A little bit further for us. Hebrews chapter 1. Oh, glory to God. We've labored a bit today. Amen. But we'll land. We'll land. Hebrews chapter 1. Let me read verse 1, 2, and 3. Okay, uh... Um, Hebrews 1 to 3, right? Yes. Hebrews chapter 1, verse yes. 1 to 3. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers of by, by the prophets, had in this last day spoken unto us, unto us by his Son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, mm-hmm. by whom also he made the world. The mm-hmm. words. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding, upholding all things by the word of his power. Oh, yeah. That's a, I see, well, this, that's the statement. How, how does he uphold all things? That's the word he uses. By the word of his power. By the word of his power. That's the statement. I know all of it is a blessing. Hebrews chapter 1. Hey, I can scatter that one another day. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what I want to say. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, upholding all things by the word. So, this, this is how it works. So, when they say, it means that when they say you have all things, it doesn't mean that physically you own all things. Amen. Do you know the easiest way for a man to own all things? You know, you know most of them, if you drive, you have a, a, a key bunch. Do you get me? In that key, one key is for the car, one key is for your house, so a key can be for the office. Is that not your all things? Keys. So word of his power, he has a bunch of keys. That the day he needs something, he will open it. But before they give you those keys, they will first teach you godliness with contentment is great game. You let me let me let me now let me I don't know how let me see if I can narrate this thing for you. Let me use car for an example. Let me use car for an example. Let's say the thing your your dream dream of dreams is to drive a Lexus. A Lexus. That's just the guy. That's the guy. That's it. You get me. Lexus <laughs> 50k right now 50k 60k well you get me so you are now as a young man you are trying to I want to drive you are trying to gather but do you know one day you will drive Lexus without stress yeah. it may be when you are 40 I don't know it could even be 45 it doesn't matter but you will still drive it the problem is haste are you saying you want to drive it when you are 20 when you are 30 
if you if you trust God, you if you can if you just trust God, experiment. David did it. I am old. I have been young. Now I am old. I did research, PhD thesis, the best ever. In the 40 days of being a king and understanding the people of Israel. I am yet to see the righteous man, a righteous man forsaken. No, not even just him. Nor his seed, his children, begging for bread. That's it. That's a full-blown thesis. Because the king has access to everybody's life in his kingdom. He could study. He studied Israel. He knew who was righteous, who was unrighteous. And he was watching the life of a righteous, the righteous man. He was, an, he was a scientist. That was an experiment. <laughs> For 40 years, he compiled his data and he came to the conclusion of his thesis. Ah, in all my years, from young to old, I've calculated something and there's a conclusion. That if you're a righteous man, you will never be forsaken. You have not seen it in all my years, all my experience. No, your seed begging for bread. Now, if you really calculate your life, check if you if you allow God, give yourself space. You will for Johnny, don't Johnny. By the time you are 50, 60, if you look back at your life, you will see how God has blessed you. The dream house, you will get it. The problem is that you may not get it at 30. It may be 50, but you will still get it. You see the difference? Are you seeing stretch versus sharp sharp? Now, today. 24-7, tomorrow, yesterday, now. That's the difference. But when you really take a righteous man's life and calculate everything he's had, it's the same thing as the useless unbeliever that you are envying. They, they got it with sorrows. You got it without sorrow. Just over time. That's the difference. Just over time. Last class, how many houses do you need to live in? One. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <Spread> yourself. <laughs> So, do you know, for example, do you know how thing worked out? I, I just noticed that, um, I mean, I, the first, when, when the Lord, I'm just giving my own personal testimony to us, it worked out for me. When uh, the Lord led me, after a few years after school, to buy a house, it was a townhouse. It was a big thing then, wow, da, da, da. It took me nine years to get another one, the one I'm living in right now. Nine years. I didn't think it would take that long. Because it looked at that house, just a initial house. Nine, and nine years even short. <laughs> nine years to get a, you get a bigger one. And maybe another, who knows how many years, to won't get. But that thing that you call dream house, you will still get it. Uh-huh. I don't know if you are getting me. Yeah. So Christ is riches. But because of the way the world has craved our mind it appears as though it won't be it's not profitable in the now but you don't count Christ's riches in the now alone in today alone you count it over the, your lifetime you will see the blessing of children blessing of family blessing of even the earthly things all because upholding all things by the word of his power so when the hour come where you actually need a house what would you use Word of his power. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That if any man acts and believes in his heart that this mountain shall be removed, what will happen to the mountain? It shall move. So you have the keys. Amen. So what Christ does when you begin to learn righteousness, Christ now teaches you the application of those keys. Before he even gives you all the keys. Here we stop.
Christ teaches you what? How to be content. Godliness and contentment is a training of how to manage wealth. Do you get me? Wealth management. How to manage wealth. That wealth will not control you, you will control it. When they've trusted you with wealth management, that you can control wealth, it will not move you. You are not a vanity project. You are not a vanity thinker. Then they can entrust you with wealth. With keys. And not, like, what wealth is not just money. They will give you the word. Keys. You hold it in your hands. And then when, as you need things, you just need to activate the right key. Do you need healing? It's still the word. Activate healing in the word. You need finances? It's still the word. Activate your finances in the word. Praise God. Everything. He applies for everything for life and godliness. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ah, time is gone. No. Hey. Kayaya. Uh, the Ephesians chapter 3, we just touched one or two. You get me? Let's just read a little bit. Just, you know, let us edify ourselves so we know, I won't feel too bad. You get me? <laughs> so, I'll, not, I'll not feel like I don't do you guys well. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3 and begin to round up. Amen. Do you want me to read from the, uh, we're reading read from read verse eight again and then down? Okay. Unto me, whom I'm less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see see what is the fellowship of the mass of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. Who created all things by Christ Jesus? Now pause. To the in- That's a confirmation of First John we just read. Who created all things by the Word? Not so. Who created all things by Christ Jesus? Now this Christ Jesus, this Word was hid in God. Are you seeing that? So anything that is hid needs to. That's why they call him unsearchable. You can't search it out by yourself. You will need the spirit of the hidden one. The spirit of the one <laughs> inside the way they hide it. To go and bring it out for us. And that's why the methodology of that translation is revelation. The methodology of translating what is hid to what is known. That's why it says, I raise you pastors after my own heart. Do you know what is in my heart? It's hid. Except I open my mouth and tell you, you won't know what is in my heart. So when he says, I'll raise you pastors after my own heart, he's talking about pastors, men who will be able to access my heart, open my heart, find out the secret of my heart, tear it out. And then when they've torn it out, what will they now do it for you? They will now give it to you as what? Knowledge and understanding. By revelation. Praise God. I just wanted to seal that point. Amen. Keep going. Thank you. Okay. Oh, we, we are, you are muted. Sorry. <laughs> it's alright. Verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the, the manifold the wisdom manifold of God. Verse 11. According to the internal purpose which he, which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Verse 13, Wherefore I desire that ye, ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. 
For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and, and earth is named. Verse 16, that mm-hmm. he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, to be strengthened with, with might by his, by his spirit in the inner man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be strengthened That's with right. what? To be strengthened with might. We've been talking about weight. Might. Are you seeing that? Weight. Might. He will take that spirit to bring. And what is this bringing? Who's the might? Christ. That's why it says that Christ may dwell. So when the spirit of that spirit is bringing might, what's he bringing? He's bringing Christ. He's bringing weight into your soul. Amen. I want to show you the intention of that weight. So you see, he's bringing weight. So when might is Christ, that's what I'm trying to say. Might, weight, riches. Those are all the same words. When you see, when you see a rich man, they will call him a mighty man. Do you get me? Sometimes a man's riches make him might, give him might. Meaning, might just means you're able to do many things that some other people cannot do. You have capacities, amen, that others don't have. That's a man who is weighty, who has might. Amen. So you see some boxers, they have might physically with boxing, and the boxing makes them popular, gives them money. Those are all part of their might. You see riches. Might and riches are interrelated. In fact, might is a rich. Because men use their might to make money. So money is not really riches. It's the might that brought the money that's the riches. For example, Steve Jobs with Apple. He was just a popper now, regular guy. Amen. But is it really it, what really makes him rich? It's not the money. It's the idea, the might called Apple, called iPhone. That idea is the might. Are you now getting it? That wisdom, yeah. that knowledge is what they call might. And that might is the true riches. Because later it will now produce the paper money. And then you can now use and buy some things in the flesh. That's in the flesh arrangement. But in this case, it, this what Christ will produce will produce something that can use to attract God. That will make you irresistible to your maker. Who is the real? That's the real rest. Keep going. Amen. Amen. That Christ, yes. yes. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all sense what is the breath So there's a breath. comprehension. There's a compre- What are you comprehending? You are comprehending the temple. Because temple is a building. Now, you see that? Breath. Sorry, you know, you see, breadth, length, and then what else? Depth, then height. What is that? That's a building. Uh-huh. That's a building. Depth, height, breadth, length. That's the temple has been built. So from that Ephesians chapter 2, 20 to 22, Paul now used chapter 3 to flesh out part of the processes of how they bring about the building. That Christ, and it will take might first, might weights teachings that bring riches of Christ, bring might to a soul. Then that soul, after a while, that those might will cause the full building called Christ, dwelling in your heart by faith, rooted in the Christ, grounded in the Christ, established in the Christ. Building is built, comprehension. So Christ is a comprehension. Comprehension means you've known understanding. 
Because Christ is knowledge to, for you to understand. Amen. Amen. Whew. I used the labor in knowledge and understanding. The labor in knowledge and understanding. See, there is a temple. There is a building inside you. Amen. Now, uh, okay, read 18, then 19. We'll end at 19 because 19 is not the purpose of the Christ. Go ahead. Okay, maybe, maybe able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Ah, so... To know, so is there another knowledge? But you, are, what are you knowing now? The love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Okay, yeah, you have a question. Just give me one second. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. So the first knowledge was Christ. Then the next knowledge, which you should know, is who Christ loves. And who does Christ love? His Father. So the reason for the house called Christ is for who? Is for the next carrying, for the next house called fullness of God, who is the Father. Don't worry, I know you you won't get all that yet, but just you see that building, building blocks. Christ building is a knowledge. Then the next one to know. So there's a knowledge that passeth knowledge, meaning the most high knowledge. Uh-huh. So you is a know, you have to know it. After you've known Christ, then it's the next one you will now know. You will now know the Father. So after you've known the Son, who is, who is the next person to know? You will now know the Father also. Amen. But I won't go further in that. In, God will help us in the future. We can get there. But are you seeing? So it's knowledge building block. Every knowledge, every revelation is a stone in your building. Amen. And don't miss, don't, don't be uncompleted building, please. You know, in Nigeria, we have many of those uncompleted buildings. Don't be like that. It doesn't look pretty. <laughs> Go through a journey of line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Here a little, dear a little. Okay, I'll take a question and then we'll round up and pray. No, no, I was, I, I didn't have a question. It was a mistake. Yeah, go ahead. It was a mistake. Yeah, I didn't have a question. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, okay. I thought uh, maybe I need to clarify something. Amen. Amen. Who can help us give a summary, a quick summary of the meat? We delved deep into a few things. Uh, just just a little bit of some line items that can bless somebody. Amen. And so we, we can pray. And Timmy, if you don't mind, you can help us pray. Okay. Amen. Take home. Take home points. So, I don't know. This is not a summary, but this is what really spoke to me. Um, when you were talking about the importance of knowledge, uh huh. How it's knowledge that judges spirits. Yes. And, yes. And then also about obedience. I think those two things that that really close to me about. How there's two things that God exalts at one point offerings. Yes. Yes. And how we overcome and rule and reign. Yes. Yes. Praise God. That's awesome. Um, anyone else? So you see, knowledge is a person, really. 
Knowledge is understanding a person. Because inside that person is behaviors, characters, manners of life that are anti-evil spirits. That end them in your life. So let me just say an example. One evil spirit is malice. There is an evil spirit in charge of malice. Yes. So you see, there is another evil spirit in charge of unforgiveness. That one is a very glaring one because even though you've, you've confessed, tear down heaven with fire prayer, when you meet the person again, the thing will rise up again, the hate will rise up again. What does that tell me? You don't have enough might for it to overcome it yet. You see that? So when you start delving in Christ, you now start seeing the push in Christ about being meek, humble, forgiving one another. Bearing all things. These are those words. All those things are attributes that they are imputing by knowledge. Bearing one another. Forbearing one another. Loving one another. Being kind. Believing God. Do you know when you are in believing God enough, it will be difficult for you to do, do evil. Because you are believing God. Sometimes when a man doubts, that's when he will go and steal. But if you believe God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, why should I steal when I am sure that God is going to provide? Are you seeing those gaps? Then that's where that's it. So as the knowledge is coming over you, it will begin to culture you slowly on how to live another manner of life that detonates the evil spirits. You will no longer be living their life again. And that's how you beat them. You become your master and you become their head. When you have you have overcome and say you have you will know that you, you cannot, you should not, or you are no longer living their life again. You become a king over there. You've put them on their feet. Does that make sense? It's, how the, it's, an, it's a machine. It's an engineering. That the being under the word, being under the word will infuse in you the character, the actual characters of this person or Christ. And as you are putting on new characters, you are killing old characters. And that's how you kill evil spirits. Sorry, so, so go ahead. So is that um, when the Bible talks about running on the earth? Is that is that a rain? Like that is a that's a form of rain. That's yes, that's a form of rain. Yes. Amen. Any other thoughts, questions? Dami, Latena, Stella. Okay. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to say, like, um, this, listen to all of this, is one minute is like, okay, I'm getting it, I'm, I'm following it, and all of a sudden, you're just like, wait, well, you know, it's, sometimes it's, you're getting it, and other times it's like, it becomes so conversant that you don't really yeah. understand. So, I think, last, last, let's just keep listening to, to what, let's just keep <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. like personally I've, I've also experienced the more you listen the more you begin to see the work yeah. you, you don't it, it's not it's not vivid you can't see it it just happens you just realize that some things that you were yearning for some things that you couldn't do without you can actually do without them so basically we just keep hearing literally yes. that's what I have to I can take away from this right now one thing that this exercise of hearing does amen it, it stretches your muscles. It stretches your senses. Let's read, let's read quickly. Dami, I see your hand up. Let's read quickly. Hebrews chapter 5, verse, verse 
13 or 14. Think 14. Exercise. It exercises your senses. The meat of the world. Hebrews chapter 5 verse what? Verse 14. Verse 14. But yes. strong belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have, have their senses exercised. Senses exercised. To discern between good and evil. Praise God. Are you seeing that? So are you seeing, this is a school of exercising your senses. That's the school of Christ. Exercising your senses until you can discern, until you can catch it. Dami, go ahead. So thank you, Pastor James. Yeah, we've been talking about getting knowledge, getting knowledge, getting knowledge, but I, I was discussing with all of my friends um, yesterday. I was telling her that this knowledge thing is like, we believe is very key. Or aside from getting knowledge, how do we sustain this knowledge? I think most um, preachers teach knowledge, revelation, but the sustainers of this knowledge mm-hmm. something that I'm seeing that is also a gap. And as even the scripture says, when Jesus was, you know, Painting a parable to the disciples about, you know, the parable of the sower, you know, you sow seed on this kind of soil, you sow seed, even some that even took it, it looks as if we're getting it, getting it. (laughs) Then at some point, you know, the enemy came and took it away. So there's a part of, you know, we getting knowledge Mm -hmm. and there's a part of sustaining. So I don't know if probably we can also address that. We may not be able to do that. Okay. So that I can partly address it. I can partly address it. One of the greatest things that you can do to retain knowledge is prayer. Pray for understanding. Our one of our fathers, Lord Kenneth E. Again, one he saw Ephesians chapter one, verse fifteen to seventeen, about that spirit of wisdom and revelation. He didn't dawned on him that I don't have this thing. The guy said he suspended every other prayer point for six months. I was praying that God would give him the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of Him. He cut it. So, prayer works. So, do you get me? So, you know, anything that you put your energy towards, eventually you break, you break into it. So, if you are hearing knowledge and revelation, and then when you are praying, you are praying for all kinds of different things. <laughs> you see, the, there's a gap. Uh-huh. So, one evidence that your heart is in this thing is that it will also begin to culture your prayer life. And if you are praying only five minutes before, you should be increasing prayer. Let prayer increase. And let prayer be now more centered on God. Make me see your light. Make me see your life. Make me comprehend knowledge. The moment you comprehend the knowledge, it's yours. You've kept it. Comprehension. You know there's knowledge. I know it. I remember what he said. I remember what they said last week. You no, know, comprehension is that is comprehension is almost like a, a a dream, almost like a vision. You are now able to put the thing together and see it as a life that you can handle. So it takes time to comprehend. And that's the gap. The gap between knowledge and comprehension is prayer. It's prayer. That and the not prayer for anything. Though, prayer that God will help you. Come into more of the imagery. Or get come into what you need from from the knowledge you are accessing. Go ahead, Ami. Yeah, I also want clarification of the part of doing. You know, yes. the Bible also says that you know you that you hear the word and you don't do it mm-hmm. is likened to as you know <laughs> God cannot really really 
in paraphrase now, my understanding can yes. really work anyway. So the place of doing, I know that's a place of responsibility. Yes, the place of real responsibility. responsibility. Yes. 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 Yeah. So and uh, refer, inferring from this, um, it respects for saying that by reason of use. Yes. Like I've had their senses. Senses and that is a place of exercise. Rather, there was a place of continuously so that piece of doing too is a fact that if we can have more clarity as well okay. yeah i know that for instance we hear dash and all like you know you don't like <laughs> so that's a very simple and basic yes. but just some deep truths that yes. or understanding that god just gives you know but now now having that word it's better you have not heard it but now you have heard it yes that's the place of doing okay. wonderful yeah. praise god thank you for that question now what you just touched on is Part of that process, you get me. First, it begins with hearing, and I'll show you. Uh, let's see John chapter fifteen verse three. So just quickly, John chapter fifteen verse three. That's the first stepping stone. There's a reason I want to touch on that because now the process of turning what you hear to doing, if it has to work with your, it has to do with you. Mm-hmm. But people are faster or slower than others. So who is there? John fifteen verse three. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So Jesus is saying, just by hearing the word alone, we've already tried to begin with. You are already clean because of the word I'm spoken unto you. So the word is already has a, it has already has its own inheritance just by hearing it. Now doing is another problem. Doing has to now involve your own yourself, your own energy. Why? Because by nature you don't want to do. <laughs> By nature, you've been doing something else before. So it's not as easy to do. So now, in the realm of doing, what, what will now begin to happen is that, okay, for example, Dami, if maybe you're very close with Victoria, Victoria offends you. This is how it works. Because of maybe the knowledge you have that you need to uh, uh, let go of offenses, you need to forgive Victoria. Do you get me? Somewhere in your heart, your conscience will tell you to forgive her. And don't say anything back. But really, it's difficult because of what she did. But God, you, you yourself, you know what she did is wrong. Anybody I say this thing will confirm that what Victoria did is wrong. Why are you now telling me to go and apologize? Not one that you just forgive her. Sometimes they will tell you to go and apologize. You see that? So now use the energy. That thing is now painful. Go and apologize to the person that hurt you, that is glaring that the person hurt you, and the person is almost full, cannot even see that they are the person who caused the problem. And yet, me that did not do anything wrong at all on my own, they are telling me by construction of, by instruction of conscience, because of what I've been hearing, that I should be a Christ. I should be meek. I should go and apologize. That's where the rubber meets the road. It's not as easy. So the first time you may not do it, they will create and the Holy Ghost is a perfect, it can set you up. It will set you up again. You won't be damaged this time. If you like me, that day you go to Falakemi's house. See, I came from Lady. <laughs> that, that's the day that I, they will set you up again and they will tell you the same thing again. Then after a while, the day you do it, you have inherited again. It's now been established. You gain strength. That's what, for, for me, the one, the one that was most glaring for me in my labor was forgiveness. The day I learned forgiveness, not, it was a grace thing. But I, the thing now became easy to me. That I can forgive somebody and when I pass the person will be okay. Ah. Because I know how the thing used to do me before. You know, you know, you know what you suffered. <laughs> so when you start obeying it, and after a while, after several obediences, it will turn to nature. 
Obedience is what turns the world from knowledge to nature. From knowledge to nature is obedience. Obedience to the instructions of the world. Say again. That forgiveness thing. Yes. For, for somebody like me now, is I can forgive somebody. Yes. But I don't know. I still don't have the old mind to forget. To forget. <laughs> for some reasons, when I maybe when I see the person, I might not be. I might not be like you know maybe like have that grudge against that person. Yes. I might still. I can just remember that thing and just just have that thought within me and you know. Yes. I, I will deal with the person well, you know, I will be excellent with the person. But that ability to forget that thing. Sometimes I always feel like, oh, it's mental health, you need to say <laughs> 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 I won't like Is it is it actually can can one actually forget what someone did to them? I mean, I get the part of forgiveness, but can we really forget especially when we see the person all the time, can we really forget? It's possible, and let me now confess, I'm not there either. So we're all the same shoe. But it's possible. They they are, and sometimes it happens over time. There are some people who are forgiven and have actually forgotten. Not everybody. It's more wow. easier for people that you wow. don't see every day than people that you see every day. <laughs> Amen. Or the one that is most difficult is people who you're forgiven. But they have not, they themselves have not changed. <laughs> <laughs> not <be> right. <laughs> you now remember everything again. I think it's my work with God. I think Lieutenant had a question before. Yes, okay, Lieutenant. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, sorry. Am I on mute? Okay. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm not taking you back. I'm just. It's um, going back to that um, question of um, what do you call it? The one about knowledge being yes. what you know helps us to overcome principalities and you know the higher wickedness and all that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, I think we all come from an African background. Now we know all these things. So sometimes you go and then somebody say, "Oh, it's um, it's your." father's generation or your mother's ancestors that did this and did that and the key to your breakthrough is 21 days fasting and I, you know like we've, we've um, I, I don't know but I'm sure some of us have, some of us have encountered those things right and my question yes. is like how how does that tie in is it that that is wrong teaching or I don't know if Yes, okay. I, I've thought, I, know, I know what you're talking about. But, uh, this is half and half. Part of it is wrong teaching. In fact, most of it is. But it's half and half. If maybe it's a demonic operation in the family, ancestry family, that way you don't need to involve with prayer, prayer and fasting. In the name of Jesus, you can stand. If you have enough faith, you will cast them out. But most of the time, those ancestral causes things is not just demons. Their spiritual wickednesses have entered the home. I'll give you an example. Let's say 50 years ago, let's say 50 years ago in your village, your great-grandfather, <laughs> maybe the, the, the wife's family came from a neighboring village and then everybody forced him to divorce the wife or whatever. Yeah. And then that was now a lesson. And the son now did the same thing. Before you know it, they now say it's generational cause. Everybody in that family, after they marry, after a few years, they divorce their wife. We actually have one situation like that in it, or somebody we know from church. <laughs> Very funny. 
Amen. So they now say it's a generational cause that you need 21 day prayer and fasting. No, you need knowledge. There are some things that's the generational cause in the families that maybe the, maybe their great grandfather was just a wicked man and did evil and used to do a lot of evil and that evil came uh, carried on in the family. So the family will start having traits of anger, malice, unforgiveness, very strong in the family. Are you saying that? So with knowledge, yeah. if you don't have knowledge, then pray and fast. But what they will answer you, what God will use and answer you is still knowledge. They call it revelation. God will bring the revelation to somebody in the family that you people have a problem. You people need to go and repent of anger. We will need to we call, go and do maybe anger management course because there's anger in that family. <laughs> or malice. You guys like to keep malice in that family. And by then, what, what by that revelation, when everybody begins to train how not to keep malice, the fam, their course has been solved. These are, you see that? So most of the time, there's a reason. There's something that happened 100 years ago. Or they say, ah, in our village, this is how we always do it too. We don't marry Igbo girls so. That you check out the individual, nobody. So you now be the first. And the whole village will gang up against you and cause problem for you. You now say, ah, generational cause. <laughs> it maybe it just happened that 50 years ago. Somebody married an evil sister and she was terrible in the whole village. And caused katakata everywhere. And the, the whole village banded together and the elders say, no more evil in this village. He could just some to, you know, sometimes my parents tell me, this is how we always did it. I, I asked her, who is the day? Sorry, excuse me, who is the day? <laughs> some ancestors, yeah. evil ancestors came together and made a culture that came from evil. So to break some generational curse, just know what the evil was done in that, in your lineage, and you stop it, break it, reveal it to your family members, for as many who are interested. Yes. Uh. Dami. Um, I mean, you know, I'm growing, but to also have to eat, you know, instructions might come. There are times God might tell you to pray and fast uh-huh. when the revelation comes. Not necessarily because it's that prayer and fasting that wants to solve it, but probably God just wants you to pray and fast for a particular reason mm-hmm. as it relates to that particular revelation that's come. I've had that kind of instruction before. Uh-huh. You know, a stronghold I didn't know until one day that understanding just came mm-hmm. and God just had to separate myself so that separation you know there's a way prayer fasting also especially fasting it heightens yeah. access it 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 does a lot in the realm of the spirit but i think the context in which all these men of god especially the white garment church where they come from is more out of yeah go and pray yes. go and fast so even the person is already scared, already scared. and once yeah. you're already fearful the victory is already like is lost no matter the normal prayer fast and that's why it looks as if some struggles are very chronic yeah. so at times instructions might come if god is wanting you to you know, separate yourself it's then just be open just to be it. open not necessarily yes. Yes. yes just yeah praise god i agree yeah. um praise god so that's answered i think we've answered addressed uh that, did that really address that your question about doing the word Right, you talked about knowing, turning it to doing, and how I told you doing, so is, doing is doing is not yeah. quite easy because of what the demand of doing is. So sometimes it takes attempting to do. So you you and it, all doing all boils down to your willingness. Doing all boils down to your willingness. So some people take longer to do than others, based on their agreement inside, and that agreement is based on the their former agreement with those evil spirits. How strong those agreements are with those wrong things or wrong attitudes. So when they are giving, when Holy Ghost is giving you instructions in righteousness based on the word, 
The instructions are to undo a formal agreement, a formal nature of living. And this, most times it's difficult to do. Sometimes it takes several months of trying before you are ready oh. to finish, do it well. Uh-huh. So, um, a part of scripture just come to me, like to buttress what I said earlier, just yes. like Daniel, you know, when he realized that the time of captivity was ready, it was like, God, what is going on? Yes. That understanding came. That yes. made that, you're not supposed to be in captivity anymore. Yes. I know. He started praying, separated himself, and, you know, we saw that, not necessarily out of, maybe a prophet came from Jerusalem or from somewhere, said, mm-hmm. Daniel, you have to, you know, know like, Let's just be sensitive and discerning. Surely when we see things like that, not necessarily have to fear, but openness to whatever God is asking us to do. Then to sister, where, yeah, I think for me, forgiveness is very hard to forget, to be sincere. We are humans and you cannot brain has the capacity to absolutely painful experience. It's very hard to, you know, delete such from the mind. But one thing someone told me was that what you do at that time when you see the person will tell you whether you are forgiven or not. So for instance, if someone hurts you and you in your mind you have prayed, you have, you know, told God you're forgiven and maybe you now see the person again <laughs> and your heart disposition at that time like you now see the person then you say, see this one then you now start saying like things that are contrary to what you have told God that are forgiven this person then in a way you need to check that forgiveness again what you do at that time is also very important when you like see such people again like the kind of memories that come back so yeah just to add to that so it's very hard to forget but it's possible but it's just like it takes time. Time yeah. you stay. It takes time, yeah. Praise God. Um, okay, your hand is up. I see. Yeah, I just wanted to like add to um Dami's question when she was saying um how to sustain knowledge, mm-hmm. and um she was talking about you know doing in place of obedience. Uh, so I wanted to use you know my my own little experience as a way of sustaining knowledge so one thing that i've found um strength or help with is you know uh particularly when we have like instructions or like i i always see like knowledge as sort of like instructions or mm. sort of like you know milestones or sort of like precepts that we must follow so for instance right now we have learned about you know um say for instance you need to deal with the dem- demon you know mm-hmm. that you know knowledge will deal with that so if um, in any sphere of my life or I, I come in a situation where, you know, uh, I have to address a thing because of what I've heard today, I'm able to walk in that understanding and obey the Lord, you know, obey that knowledge I've heard. So it's not just going to be a head knowledge, but I'm able to do that. And I found out that, you know, over time, you know, um, I, I see that you know, I can just grow above that level of knowledge and something I have can just come. You know, I feel like that's a, that's another way to actually sustain that knowledge. It's just going to be part of our lifestyle. It's just going to be, um, it's not going to be something that oh, you have to think about. You're just going to live out that life because it has become your own thing. It's just going to find expression. So that's, you know, that's something that, you know, but those little, little instructions, I'm able to find grace to obey. You know, those big ones that, you know, my soul, <laughs> I still not obey. You know, I still find that, you know, knowledge is still being exposed. I still get a lot of instruction. 
you know, and if I'm able to do it, I it's like that thing is already part of me. By the time I do, I do, I do, I do, it becomes part of me, and something higher will come. And that's that's how I find the expression of lines upon lines, precept upon precept, you know, being fulfilled according mm-hmm. to the scripture. Praise God. Wow. Thank you so much, Sister Pray. Wonderful. Yes, uh, it's like some of you will be answering our questions. Going, some, going <laughs> the depth of riches. <laughs> Amen. All right, Papa, uh, round up for us in prayers, please. Tammy. Amen. 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 That was so wonderful. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth.